0: Showcase Sundays today on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. The following presentation is a production of 63 Audio and the Narada Radio Company, a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network. Tedium of everyday life has got you down? Why not take a trip to Adventure Trail? Adventure Trail, a series of exciting tales hosted by The Old Timer.
1: Howdy, sons and daughters. Welcome to our new series, Adventure Trail. I'm hoping you remember me from way back in the season 1 of Popery Theater when I told the story of the better man. It's mighty good to be back amongst friends after all these years. What's that? Oh, I've been keeping busy in the meantime, you know, wandering here and there and meeting folks, seeing what's going on in this big old world of iron. Now, when Pete asked me to be the host of this new series, Adventure Trail, I jumped at the chance on account I got so many exciting stories to tell you, and they're all true. I know it on account I was there, or well, at least I I know the feller that was. (laughs) So anyways, we got us a real rip-snore-of-a-tale to tell today. But first, where is that dead blame thing? Oh, there you are. Ah. Oh, say, that smells mighty nice. Ah, Smooth. Thank you, Mr. Pete. Storytelling's thirsty work. Now, where was I? Oh, yeah. I remember now. Back about a hundred years or so, maybe a bit more ago, I was working as a deputy sheriff in a little town called Pipe Rock. The county sheriff was a fella named Magpie Simkins and I was going by the name of Ike Harper back in them days. Me and that scantling shaped hombre had been partners ever since gold was discovered on bedrock. But something had happened to disrupt our beautiful friendship. That thing was love. The little fellow with the long bow and arrow had rasped us raw. Anyways, on the morning this story begins, I'm staring down at a busted egg on the floor, and then I'm looking up at Magpie Simkins, which is some elevation who has eaten the only other egg we'd had in the shack. Magpie? If you'd have cooked them two eggs at the same time, mine wouldn't have rolled off on the floor and busted. Ike Harper, tend to your
2: own cooking.
1: A person what is as
2: ungrateful as you are can't partake of my cooking, and neither will I break bread with such as
1: he. i pull my boots on, cooks up some bacon, and eats as far from that ombre as the room allows. A house divided can't ring with harmony, and love has gone, put up breaches wide as the Grand Canyon between me and Magpie. Love, the poets say cometh at the strangest times. At the time this whole thing starts, me and Magpie has been over in the Medicine Hills, sort of looking for an alleged rustler. As we ride out of the hills, Magpie points to a curl of smoke.
2: Huh. That smoke's coming out of the stovepipe of that old nester's
1: cabin. Ain't nobody occupied that old shack in a long time. Let's go see what's what.
2: Ike! Do you smell that? Is that the aroma of fried onions?
1: And coffee. Mm. And biscuits. I do declare. Ain't none of that hurts my nose none. I'm a heap hungry, magpie. We pilgrims into the yard, and as we slips off our Bronx, the door opens, and we see our heart's desire. She's a cute little filly. She's slender. She's got a lot of 18-carat hair and blue eyes as big as the end of a shotgun shell. There in the doorway, she's standing with a bowl of dough in her hands, smiling and staring at us like, We're curiosities. Magby takes off his hat, and so do I. I'm Sheriff Simpkins. Oh,
2: I haven't done anything. Ma'am, the queen can do no wrong. We smells the odors of Araby, so our noses brings us hither.
1: Onions, don't they smell? Perfume of the guys. I'd wear one all the time if it wasn't for the looks of the thing. I'm your obedient servant. Ike Harper, you in here alone? Yes, a poor defenseless woman.
2: I hope there's no objection to me using this cabin. I'll take care of it. She's yours. If anybody interferes with your
1: habitation, you send for me. And in case he's too busy, I'll come. He's a busy man. I'm sorry he was so quick to startle you and make you bust your... Dough Mug, he's abrupt that way. No matter. Won't you come in? Just wouldn't we. Say, them onions is the greatest, and them biscuits is the lightest you ever seen. The coffee? Nectar of the gods. There ain't much furniture in the place, but what is in there looks home-like. She's got an enlarged picture on the wall, and the same of which looks familiar. Ma'am, would you mind telling me who the distinguished-looking gent is? Was. He's gone, and... Magpie, don't presume on short acquaintance to stir up sad memories. There don't seem to be nothing sacred to him, ma'am. Mm, Yes, well, yes, he's gone, but his memory
2: lingers. He was a good man. Well, I reckon he must have been, or his picture wouldn't be on your wall. Um, uh, what did you say your name was? I didn't say, Mr. Simpkins. I am Lily Lester. Well, that is some pretty name, ma'am.
1: Call me Magpie. Pleased to meet you. I might not decipher the call if you said Mr. Harper. <laughs> My used to call me Honey, but Ike suits me just fine. Honey? Why, Ike, I never. Personality's a bad form, Magpie. Remember, we're before a lady. <laughs> Ma'am, I'd love to drop in once in a while and see how you're making it. Please do so. I'd love to have you. Yes,'m, um, I will. Miss Lester thanks us. I don't know what fur, and we rides away. We pilgrims off across the hills towards Pipe Rock, and we takes backwards looks at that cabin until we're out of sight. I, Lily, is a Lulu. If there's an expression of admiration, I remains torpid magpie. But if that appellation of Lulu reflects on the lady in any way, I resents it a heap. Get a dictionary, Ike. Lulu
2: is a Latin word, meaning wonderful. Ain't she a wonder? Biscuits, onions. Ike, I wish you'd ask her for her recipe for coffee. Coffee? I sure admire coffee that I don't have to chew and what won't corrode my insides at each meal. I wonder if she contemplates future matrimony. She don't need to live alone, Ike. Reckon I ain't beyond matrimonial redemption myself.
1: What do you think? If you don't like the way I cook coffee and egg pie, you can cook it yourself. And as far as matrimony and you are concerned, you'd be like a three-legged turtle trying to catch a scared wolf. There ain't nothing about you to catch the female fancy. Well, an occasional glance at your face ain't gonna hurt nobody. But as a steady diet, no. Faces ain't so much. Brains and companionship
2: counts a heap more. You suffers a heap that away, Ike. You're pretty in the face, like a buffalo, and about as companionable as a porcupine. But when it comes to brains, you ain't got a trump. I'll likely ride back her way very soon. Me too. Likely tomorrow. Yes, and likely you won't, Ike. You're working
1: for me, Sabi. You goes where I sends you. If you think for one holy minute that I ain't going to have no leisure time, Magpie, you think again. You get too cocky, hombre, and I'll quit or take a vacation, Sabi. Uh,
2: Don't fly off the handle, Ike. Nobody ever said you couldn't have no leisure time. You hops off half-cocked. Did you ever hear about the dog what got in the manger? He couldn't eat the hay and he wouldn't let the bronc eat it.
1: If you figures yourself as the bronc in that moral Magpie, you lose. Your years are too long, hombre. You thinks just because you're a sheriff, you're better than most folks. You didn't grab any honors. When you beat Chef Allen for sheriff, he's blind in one eye and string holded in both legs. People are talking, magpie. If you don't grab some of those cow thieves, I, you can desist. I'm doing all that a mortal man can do.
2: My, if I had a deputy that was worth a cuss
1: Well that's a sample of our conversation on the way home. By the time we gets to Pipe Rock, we're mighty glad to see Zeb Abernathy and Scenery Sims sitting in front of our office, waiting for us. Even though we both know these fellers is bringing us bad news, Zeb Abernathy looks just like you'd bet he would after hearing his name. But no name on earth could give an impression of Scenery Sims. When I look at him. I think thusly. The feller what built you scenery must have run mighty short of material. Then he looks you over and says, Well, it ain't so much of a man, but I'll put a squeak in it so's growed up folks won't step on it accidental like. Any news,
2: Magpie? Hello, Zeb. Nothing new. Heard anything? Paint
1: got robbed today. Doggone thing got absolutely robbed. I've been telling everybody we ain't got no protection around here. Whole sheriff's office couldn't find a ace in a new pack of cards. Ain't you gonna do nothing?
2: I know something I'd like to do. You keep your squeak in your chest and let Zeb tell us about it. Now what happened, Zeb? While well, you fellers are picking
3: flowers over in the hills, a feller rides into town, throws down on the cashier with a gun, and lopes off with the treasure. He told the cashier to give you his regards. Uh, what you going to do, magpie?
2: Cry a little, I guess. I don't reckon there's much else to do. Some of you folks gets the idea that just because I wears a star, all I got to do is yell, here ye outlaws and they'll come a running.
1: What I want to know is what you're going to do when we elect your sheriff.
2: They scenery you voted for Shep Allen.
1: Then I got something to be proud of. I'm glad that folks can't hold me responsible for you. Come on Zeb. Back in the office, Magpie tugs off his boots and throws them in the corner. Kind of disgusted, like.
2: There ain't no joy in being a sheriff, Ike. Your duty sort of keeps you from pulling a gun and acting free, like. I'm going out tomorrow and get that bad, bad man, Ike.
1: You watch me. The next morning, I wakes up to find Ike in front of the little round mirror. Shaving careful-like. And then he greases his boots. Go and try and put a mash on him, Magpie. Do you want me to go and pick some daisies to take to that bad hombre? You ought to have some perfume, hombre. You looks like a bridegroom. Ike,
2: I want you to ride up to Sullivan Gulch and see if anybody's a living there. We got to locate somebody... Or something pretty soon.
1: Where are you going?
2: Into the breaks. Between here and the Circle Cross.
1: I rides out of Pipe Rock with joy in my heart. Because I'm going in the direction of my heart's desire. And Magpie is gone the opposite. What do I care about, that? I- Duty to me is self preservation. But who does I meet when I gets to the door of Miss Lily Lester? Magpie? Ack. We nod at each other like distant relatives. Each knocks on our side of the door. The lady makes us welcome and we sets down. I'm so glad to see you. I wish I'd known you were coming today. I'd have had
2: you bring me some things from town. Well, ma'am, if there's anything you want, I can send Ike after it. What's the use of having hired men if you don't use them? Tell me what your heart desires.
1: I ain't got no time. I'm heading to Sullivan Gulch. I'd love to do it, ma'am, but I'm rushed. Magpie's just loafing, so he'll be glad to do it. Nagpie, he glares at me when I says this, and I glares right back at him. How lovely. That will be lovely.
2: We'll uh, both go, Ack. I got a little job of work in Pipe Rock that you can attend to while I'm bringing the stuff back. Right out your list, ma'am, and I'll deliver it right
1: to your door. So me and Nagpie, we pilgrims back to Pipe Rock in silence, buys the stuff for the lady, and goes down to the office. Buck Masterson is waiting for us on the steps.
2: Howdy, Buck. What can I do for you?
1: Well, unless you improve your ways, I don't reckon you can do anything. I've been robbed. Pshaw. How comes that, Buck? Feller, same one that robbed a bank, I reckon. Comes into my saloon this morning, sticks a gun in my face, and annexes what I got in the safe. Said he knowed the sheriff was away. Say, Magpie, what in tarnation are you doing, sending out proclamations of your absence? Magpie and Buck continue this line of conversations as they pilgrims uptown. So I takes that stuff, throws it on a hoss, and points for the lady of my dreams. Ah, I gets almost to her place when Magpie overtakes me. We rides up, deposits the stuff, and sets down to a light lunch.
2: I'm an outlaw hunter, ma'am. It's a precarious existence fraught with much danger and takes a man of nerve. Oh, how romantic. And what does
1: Mr. Hopper do? Ah, he uh, holds my bronc. While, while, while you runs, Yes. <laughs> Magpie don't want to be bothered with a bronc when he gets scared, ma'am. If I was the sheriff of this county, I'd keep her swept clean of outlaws. Believe me, it irks me some to take orders when I know they ain't getting us no place. Do you suppose I'm in any danger living here alone? Oh, well, if I thought you was, I couldn't sleep. You need the protection of a man if you... You hadn't ought to be here alone. Of course, I'd love to stay here with you, but... There's a preacher in Pipe Rock, ma'am.
2: Preachers ain't no protection. Being sort of a legal guardian of this here county, I'd admire
1: to... Magpie, you ain't got time. You got to go investigate that bank robbery and the one in Buck's place. You said yourself that I ain't no help to you. Why don't you appoint me to look after the weaker sex in this county? I- After knowing you, as long as I have, I'd hate
2: to call them the weaker sex.
1: Oh, I'm not afraid.
2: As long as I've got two big strong men looking after me, I feel safe. I do hope you can come often. Can you come tomorrow? I can. Of course, I'll have to stay and tend to the office routine work. It ain't much, but it's got to be done.
1: routine work? What routine is that, Magpie?
2: Seeing that nobody breaks into the jail without showing a warrant. (sighs) It ain't gonna be long afore you'll be cooking grub for yourself alone.
1: It sure ain't. I begins tonight. Your feller feelings are paralyzed, Magpie Simpkins. And no more do I cook for an ungrateful hombre like you. Dang your slim soul. You ain't no ways good enough for that lady. Ain't it true?
2: But I'm getting bitter all the time, Ike. Didn't you notice how the tears comes to her eyes and how her breast heaved when I spoke about losing sleep? And then you, dang ya, You has to cut in with that sky-pilot talk when I'm getting right down to business. If I had five
1: minutes alone with
2: her, I'd have her
1: hand. I'll bet you would. A feller that can lie as fast as you can had naught to take that long. Why, Ike, your idea of courtship is to take a damsel
2: by the hair, drag her home, slam her into a corner, and then hammer her with a boot if she can't cook. You say I'd lie to her. Well, you got to, Ike. No woman was ever told the truth when she was proposed to. She
1: don't want the truth. I never beat up no woman, Magpie. Also, I ain't no second George Washington. <laughs> <sighs> That night, we cooked separate meals, and I got all the best of it, because magpie can't cook. The next morning, he beats me to it. We got two eggs left, and of course, he has to let mine roll off onto the floor. Now we're back to where this tale began, with him saying, A person what is as ungrateful as you are can't
2: partake of my cooking. Neither will I break bread with such as he. Oh, son,
1: if you baked the bread, we couldn't break it. Magpie just snorts at that comment, and so we eats on opposite sides of the shack. A short spell later, some of Pipe Rock's prominent citizens come down to see Magpie, and their conversation leads us to believe that we're incompetent. They hint around that They might have made a mistake when they elect Magpie. Magpie sighs deep-like and tells him not to take snap judgment because he's going out and get that fella right soon. Art Miller spends a few minutes in a confab with Magpie, and after he leaves, I ask them, what did Art want? Oh, he's timid. Got some gold going out on the stage today
2: and says he hates to take a chance said it was my duty to see that he got
1: through safe-like. Safe? He's right. It's your duty, Magpie. I'll go and see if the lady needs anything. You can't shirk all your responsibility. (sighs) I reckon
2: you're right, Ack. The office has to protect them what needs it, so I'll send you. I was thinking of the pleasant time you and me was going to have up at that little cabin today. But since your oration about duty, I reckon we'll have to help Art out. You just tell him I sent you for a guard. Who
1: you writing to, Ike? You. This is my resignation, Magpie. (sighs) Coward. The Harper tribe are a peacefully inclined lot of human beings and forgiven to a startling degree. But that word coward means... Fight. I hit him in the neck with the ink and then we tank. It. Ow.
2: Ah. Ow. Oh. Oh.
1: When we get through, I'm on the floor with the stove in my lap while Magpie sits halfway out the door. With a chair hung around his neck. Just then, Scenery Sims sticks his head in the window and yelps, "What's this? What's this?" Ow! It's a draw, you squeaky fool. We hears his boots just hitting the ground at intervals of three seconds as he labors back uptown. Scenery'll probably hold a grudge against me for that stove leg across his head. Magpie wipes some of the blood and ink off his head and glares at me. You're too dang touchy.
2: We sure do look like making social calls today, don't we?
1: I wouldn't face her for a million. Neither would I. Magpie, there's my star. I'm all through. No more will I chase the festive outlaw. From now on, I'm going to be a common citizen and entitled to come down here and raise thunder with you for not tending to your duty. I'm wise to you, old son. Now, being an ordinary citizen and entitled to protection, I hereby audibly object to your frittering the county's time away, making love. Remember, magpie. I knows your secret, sobby. I pilgrims up the Buck Masterson saloon, and outside it, I meets Pete Gagnier, and a stranger.
3: Ike, this is Mr. Brand. Howdy. How do you do? Mr. Brand would talk with somebody from the sheriff's office, Ike, so I turns him
0: loose on you.
1: Pete wanders away. And me and Mr. Brand sit down on the sidewalk. He pulls out a couple of photographs and hands them to me.
3: Take a look at these and tell me if you recognize either one.
1: Well, there's something familiar about this, Ambry. But this here other one's a complete stranger. I can't quite place this first one, but there's a trace
3: someplace. That one you recognize is Kid Corey. This other one's Blazer Bailey. They're a clever pair. Outlaws in the hold-up line. I'm a federal officer, brought in because they've been grabbing off a lot of registered mail lately, and the last stunt they pulled off was over on the main line. The kid got shot, but somehow they both got away and headed across the divide in this direction. You've been having so much trouble over here that I decided to look into it. It may not be them. It doesn't look like the work, because all your cases have been one man. Blazer Bailey is a big husky fella, but Corey wouldn't cause you to look twice. He used to be sort of an actor, I believe.
1: Well, I can't help you much. You see, I ain't connected with the sheriff's office no more. Maybe the sheriff can give you some information, but I doubt it. I know everything he does, and all that I naturally knows myself, but I can't help you none.
3: I've heard some uncomplimentary things about the office. Folks around here seem to bear their feelings right out in the open. Much obliged anyway, Mr. Harper.
1: I goes down to the office to get my personal facts when Magpie comes in. He sits down and pretends to read a paper. Where have you been?
2: <sighs> Hunting around a little. Why, Art Miller, what's the matter? <laughs> uh, I told you. <laughs> Uh, uh, The stage was uh, held up for five miles
1: down the uh, road. Uh, Took all I had. Dang the luck. Mail, too? Uh Uh-huh. Everything I told you. Well, well. That must have been Kid Coy or Blazer Bailey. Worthy of your steel, old magpie. Well, ain't you gonna move? gonna let him get plumb way as usual? Which way did they go? Towards paradise.
2: You can never tell which way he went after he got out of sight. Any dang fool knows that. I reckon I better go after him. I reckon you better had.
1: Aren't gopes back uptown and magpies? Busses around getting ready, oiling his guns and fixin' a cinch on his saddle. You sure do go right after him, Magpie. You ought to be called Sudden Simkins. Well, don't let me hurry ya. I'll go away so you can oil your boots and shave. Haste makes waste, I always say, Magpie. I pilgrims uptown on my bunk, and things are boiling. They're organizing a posse to work independent of the sheriff's office. But I don't join. I got sweeter things to think of than killing or incarcerating my fellow man. That little feller without no pants on, carrying a bow in error, seems to beckon me. I forks my bronc and rides north, lingering along, building air castles and so forth. My bronc ain't none too energetic, and we consumes plenty of time. I pilgrims on until I reach the top of a hill that overlooks her cabin. Just as I'm about to go down, I can see magpie haul his animile around to the back of the cabin, and then come around again. Open the door and walk right inside. Getting dang familiar, I says to my brunt, going in without knocking. <laughs> I decides to roll a smoke and contemplate this situation. And as I'm rolling, I glimpse some movement out of the corner of my eye. A better look shows me two men on horseback about a quarter mile off. Suddenly. like... I seize two more off to my left. They're acting strange, so I spurs my Bronc for a better place to see. The first shot goes past my ear. The second sticks in the ground a few feet short and fills my Bronc's eyes with sand. Bronc, somebody desires our demise. Let's away. cabin is the best cover in sight, and while I may be coming in uninvited myself, I feels that Magpie may forgive me. I hits that door just ahead on a handful of left and sort of busts up the courtship. They lay look sort of sick, and when I bust in, Magpie pulls his guns. <laughs> Everybody get down low. Who and what is it, Ack? Wow. Danged if I know, they smokes me up and chases me here.
2: Save me! I'm sick as hell!
1: Such language from a lady makes me glance up and I see Lily sprawled on the bunk, holding her stomach. I quickly glues my eyes back to that crack between the logs again where I got some chinkin' pushed out. I seize the Bronx legs, so I elevates the muzzle of my gun ...and salutes him. A couple of bullets whispers through the logs... ...so I rolls over past the bed. My elbow bumps something... ...and I glances down. Magpie, come here. Here's a cellar. A cellar? Well, what do you know? Yeah, help me with the carpet. I swear, if this carpet hadn't been ripped, I'd have never found it. You got the handle? <laughs> yeah, uh, almost got it.
2: <sighs> Whew. Don't, don't, don't go down there. there, there there's, there's a snake down there.
1: <laughs> Preferable to hot lead. I slips over to the square hole in the floor. Magpie is ahead of me, and he don't wait to crawl through. He hops in. A gun explodes at my lower extremity, and I feels like I gotta buy a new pair of suspenders. It sure was close. I let loose and drops about seven feet. The door dropped back and left Magpie and me in the darkness. Did a fool on your hack? You did not. Well,
2: I I fell on somebody. You got a match handy.
1: I lights a match and sees Magpie sitting on a man's stomach. The feller looks sort of yower in the face, and I don't think he's got much fight left in his carcass. He's holding the gun, Ike.
2: Take it while I snaps the bracelets on this hombre. Safety first, eh, Ike? Strike me another match. Rifle on the wall over there.
1: Gosh, Ike, we've forgotten the lady. Here's a box we can stand on. Swing that door open, Magpie. <coughs> Ugh. Well, I'll be a. Uh... What is it, Magpie? See anything? I gets up on the box alongside Magpie so's I can see, and it sure is some tableau. The cabin door is open. There stands that feller, Brand, the federal agent with a grin on his face and behind him is all the pipe rock population or at least all that can crowd in. The lady is standing against the wall and all to once, she drops her hand. Brand's gun comes up and the lady falls on her face. Magpie moves some quick. He flops out of that cellar and whirls on the crowd with a gun in each hand. You danged coward! Shoot a defenseless woman, will you? Drop your guns!
2: <laughs> Let me help you up, ma'am. There we, uh... Uh... There we, uh... Uh... Give me a gun! You, uh, uh, ma'am, you're,
1: you're, uh, um... All magpie can do is stare. I takes a look and stares a minute myself. Her 18-carat hair is on her shoulder, plumb off her head, and the hair on her head is short and brown and parted on the side. Uh, uh... Uh. All Magpie can do is stutter. Brand steps over and takes the guns out of Magpie's unresistant hands, then turns to the parsley scout person.
3: Better sit down, kid. Well, you've got plenty of nerve, but we seem to have got you this time, eh? Yeah, a little pale around the gills.
2: Pale around the gills, eh? Dang you, Brand! You would be too. That. Blasted, fresh sheriff busted in a while ago without knocking, and I had to swallow my chew. I've been too sick to fight.
3: Where's Blazer Bailey?
1: In the cellar with irons on. We'd had this kid Cory, too, if you hadn't been so blasted previous. Anytime you don't think the sheriff's office is on the job, you got another think coming.
3: <laughs> and I suppose that's why Sheriff Simpkins... Threw a gun down on me just now when I shot at the kid. <laughs> Did I hurt you, kid? No, dang you! It.
2: it burned my ribs so I dropped to safety. I'm just getting over one chunk of lead on my shoulder. That's why I had to let my hand down, Brandt. It hurt like thunder. I told that fool Blazer to lay low with me, but he thought we had some easy pickings around here. I kept an eye on the sheriff's office. That's about all I was able to do. Didn't I make a good female?
1: (laughs) Magpie ain't to blame. I'd have likely fell too if I'd have been as susceptible as magpie. He was wise to Blazer, but not to the kid. I reckon the money's in that box in the cellar. Ain't it, kid? There's no use lying about it. It is. What I want to know is, who was we shooting at? Was it Blazer or the kid? Neither one. You was shooting at me. Dang fools tried to take the law into their own hands and mess things up. Think the sheriff don't know his business and... Gow darn it. I sure do hate a posse.
0: Uh, uh, well, 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 now. Know. Know. <laughs> you know what? I did know what sure <laughs> <you> know, <Lord. laughs> uh, I was doing. I did know what. I did worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: We deposits the kid and blazer in the jail cell, and then I make ready to put some water on for coffee. With the pot in my hand, I turn to magpie with a solemn expression. Shall I make coffee the way she did?
2: Ack, you make it according to the old formulae. I'm sick for a cup of real coffee. Ack old timer. We have been a pair of fools.
1: Yep, we have been. Lucky fools, Magpie. Lucky in finding that trap door. Luck and walking in on you and her, I mean, him, at the cabin the way I did. You might have proposed, Magpie. <laughs> ah, yes, you would have, old son, because you was local with love. Did you kiss her, uh, him, Magpie? No, I was going to, Ike,
2: honest to gosh. But I suddenly like recognized that picture in the cabin which we deciphers that first day to be her dear departed. And then
1: I didn't, sobby. Oh, so you lost heart when you recognized him, huh? Who was he? Well, Ike,
2: she didn't lie about it, now did she? She only said he was a good man. He sure was, Ike. Best they ever made.
1: I'll bite, Magpie. Who was he? Abraham Lincoln. we done come to the end of our story, sons and daughters. And I surely did enjoy visiting with you and sipping at this here tonic. Now you know I'm coming back again soon. And the next time I do, I'll be telling you the story of a couple more cowboys who don't rightly get along with each other. But who find a way at the end to patch up their feud? Until then, this is the old timer signing off. Don't you take no wooden nickels.
0: Coco or Love by W.C. Tuttle was originally published in the August 18th, 1918 issue of Adventure Magazine. Our presentation was adapted, produced, and directed by Pete Lutz. Our cast consisted of the following players Parrish Warsfold as Magpie Simpkins, Orlando Seguera as Lily Lester, a.k.a. Kid Corey, David Ian as Zeb Abernathy, Eugene Lutz as Scenery Sims. John Bell as Buck Masterson and Pete Gagnier, Norman Klein as Agent Brand, and Dana Gonsalves as Art Miller, with additional voices by Phil Boyd Studge. The Old Timer is played by Mr. Gene Giggy. The Adventure Trail theme and special interstitial music was composed and performed by Edward Champion. This was a production of 63 Audio, Corpus Christi, Texas. This is Harold Zither speaking, Join us next time for Demon and Pithypus, the next episode of Adventure Trail. 63 Audio
3: This is Mutual.